Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 161 of the Social Liability Podcast, the podcast where we discuss those folks in our lives that violate the social contracts that we all agree to live by. I am your host, The Rez, with my co-host, The Buck, bringing you new and interesting stories from the far reaches of the interwebs. And, Buck, we do have some stories this week. Um, I, I only found one of them, and I'm going to save it for the end, but we're going to start with all the ones that you seem to have found this week. And some whoa, them, whoa, whoa! Did you did you pull up any of the ones that Sadar sent? I don't know what she said. She sent stuff earlier in the week, man. She sent some real good ones too. Well, she may very well have, and I just picked the ones that were on the left column because <laughs> nobody else usually does it in our in our group chat. So, okay, oh, okay. you know what? It's a fair enough, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. I just wanted to give Sadar credit. Right on. Well, we're going to start with the Miami Herald. This comes from MiamiHerald.com. She told her boyfriend she wanted to go to a strip club. Then came violence. <laughs> Ooh, that's a fucking page turner. I mean, I've seen violence in a strip club, but not usually until you're at least in the strip club for a little while. What was supposed to be a fun night out Tuesday took a violent turn for a Florida couple. According to an arrest affidavit obtained by the Miami Herald, a deputy on a marked uniform patrol in North Fort Myers received a physical domestic disturbance call at a local bar restaurant around 8.45 p.m. Though redacted in the report, TV station NBC2 reports uh, the destination was the uh, Natu Parrot Tiki Bar. Uh, the arriving deputy made contact with the man who explained that his living girlfriend later identified as Elizabeth Ann Sherlock Mason, 61, initially wanted him to take her to a nearby strip club called Lookers. Deputies with it, uh, withheld his name from the police report. The boyfriend, 69, suggested they go to dinner first. Once they arrived to the restaurant, she became drinking and became verbally abusive. So he decided the best leave... Best they leave and stood up from his bar stool. Mason apparently wanted to stay, grabbed her boyfriend's neck with both hands in an attempt to choke him, according to police. God damn. I wonder how old she is. Uh, after the man forcibly removed Mason's wrist from his neck, the altercation escalated. Mason then kicked him in the groin, notes the complaint. The report said he did not lose consciousness or the ability to breathe. I've had a lot of things happen to me when I got kicked in the groin. But, you know, losing consciousness is not one of them. Maybe the ability to breathe. I think they're referring to when hey. she choked him, but maybe you should put that before getting kicked in the groin. Just just some literary you, notes. You know what, though, man? Uh, Editorial I, I, notes. I, 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 don't, I don't know if there are any documented cases of a KO due to a nut tap, but there, there, there could be. I mean, the testicle is a funny little vixen. <laughs> does not like <laughs> well in the i mean uh, you now, know it, the, it's the truth now i'm giving shit to the writer for for their editorial selection of how they ordered that but they make up for it here in the fracas <laughs> mason lost her balance <laughs> and fell off the bar stool to the ground the man tried to help her up but she refused assistance and exited to the parking lot while he called 911 the deputy observed several uh, red marks around the man's neck consistent with his claims. The injuries were documented, but the man refused medical treatment. The deputy then made contact with Mason, who was roaming the parking lot for a ride home. <laughs> the suspect was showing signs of intoxication by slurring her speech and stumbling. <laughs> she explained that her boyfriend had hit her on the head and she fell to the ground. <laughs> The deputy did not observe any marks or injuries. Due to the inconsistencies, the deputies detained Mason, who smelled of alcohol, according to reports. After being read her Miranda rights, Mason ex uh, explained that while she and her boyfriend were sitting at the bar, he was the one who became abusive, and she admitted hitting him in the head out of anger. There was no video of the incident, nor, nor witnesses, but based on the totality of the circumstances, including the victim's age, the deputy believed there was sufficient probable cause to charge Mason with one count of battery of someone over 65 years of age. She was taken to the Lee County Jail. There, there, there are just a couple of things that I want to cover here, and, and I, think, I think it needs to be said first off that, ma'am, you're a 61-year-old woman, according to the article. Okay, 
According to the article, you are a 61-year-old woman. You realize you're about 30 years outside of the damsel in distress uh, demographic, you know? Like, oh, my boyfriend hit me over the head. Like, no, 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 no. Don't, don't even try that shit. Like, you're already away from the fucking scene. You, you, why didn't you call an Uber? We live in the 21st century, you fucking boomer. Like, <laughs> why be out in public? Why be out in public? But is she wandering the street looking for a ride? Listen, if you're out there playing the damsel in distress act, why ain't you offering blowjobs for rides to, to Uber guys? I mean, cash, I mean, ass, like, or grass, no one rides for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, dude, that was, that was bra fucking bow. <laughs> No truer words have ever been spoken on this podcast. But either way, man. And and as far as the police officers are concerned, when they arrive on the scene, they check the man's neck for injuries. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I think we're seriously overlooking the, the seriousness of a different issue. I am talking and breathing. Police, you don't need to evaluate my neck. Let's, let's, let's evaluate the wedding tackle. Yeah, can, we, that, that, can we get like some, that was a pretty hard kick. Officer, officer, I mean, officer. We, I realize you got pictures of my neck, but I think you need to get pictures of my balls here too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean like I could have lost consciousness and stopped breathing all from a nut shot. I mean that that <laughs> I mean like dude, drastically underestimating the injuries of a nut shot. I mean, I'm speaking from personal expertise here. I I I have two of them. You know? It's yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, yes, but either way, you know, wow. Oh, and I would never go to a strip club called Lookers. No. Not even fucking close. Did, did Not ever, even fucking close. Did I ever tell you about, Not, uh, did I ever tell you about legs? Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a strip club in West Virginia. That should be your first indicator right there, but it's called Legs, and I, I went in there with uh, our, our buddy Squatch one time. And I, I thought it was an urban legend. I thought it was an urban legend. I didn't think it was real. But there was an honest-to-God mother-daughter act on the stage. <laughs> so I looked at, I walked up to the bouncer. I said, is this? He's like, yeah. I go, Are they really? Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I lived in Mexico for a stint. And while there... I worked at a titty bar for a little over a year. And no, I did not dip my wick in the company ink. That was not me. Those women were very nice and they were they were nice. And that's that's as far as I'll go with that. However, I, what I will tell you is that although I have never been into one of these establishments, I have seen them from from like the outside. I've never gone into one. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. But donkey shows, man. Donkey shows. Like, legit. Like, people are like, oh, that shit doesn't happen in real life. No, 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 sir. No. That actually fucking happens. I've never seen it. I've never witnessed it. But I've seen a sign on the door saying that they're going to have it. Not really. They don't have signs on the doors, but I mean, like, <laughs> no, there's you know, a, there's, just a, there's just a fucking spotlight in the sky, the picture of a donkey on it. No, no, it's actually quite illegal. It's actually quite illegal, but, um, you know, this, so they don't they don't advertise it. But, you know, I've when you work in that industry, you, you figure out who's doing what and where and you're just like, Ooh. like, I won't even buy beer in those places. I don't like. I don't even like parking in their parking lots. I'm like, <laughs> but like, like the 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 equivalent of that experience would be any place that's called Lookers. True. And you know, I hate to say it. I hate to say it. It's probably like a really nice on the outside. Like, you know, fuck my life. Raz and I went to a place called the Ritz, and. Was it a, a, a oh, classy right. establishment? It was not. It was not. And, you know, I was actually going to... And you know what? I was going to touch base on that. You're like, normally violence in a strip club happens after you've been in there for a bit. And I was going to stop you. I was going to be like, uh, motherfucker, 
our violence in a strip club didn't happen even before we got sat. We didn't make oh, no, it through we were, the fucking no, no, vestibule. No no, 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 no. We were sitting. We were sitting. We saw his his dumb fuckery before we sat well, down. Uh, well, but once we sat down and we realized the girls didn't want to come out anymore because of the fucker, he was ruining our night, which meant we had to yeah. get involved. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, it wasn't a while. Right. I mean, we were there like this ten minutes, maybe. <laughs> right. Uh, a while it was it was not it was not immediately it, it was not immediately but a while it was not you know some of that shit happens like because you know we it happened so quickly that we didn't end up paying for any of our drinks no and we're not going to rehash that whole story if you want scroll but back either through, way scroll back through our old episodes and there's one that's entitled the bachelor party it, it's early. episode 70 really you know the number <laughs> i absolutely do man Okay, episode seventy. It's called the Bachelor Party. Uh, yes, listen, listen to that one, and you'll you'll hear all about the strip club violence. <laughs> but either way, how, point how, of the matter, how, you, how, the, how the hell do you remember that? That it's episode seventy. Oh well, my favorite number is seventy four, and you know, you just you, I, you, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I'm looking. I'm I'm just gonna make sure. I'm gonna go back to go our ahead, old man. <laughs> You fucking, you fact check me, and then I want the win. I want the win. I want the win, and I want the topless chick at the after party. I want it all, motherfucker. I want it all. <laughs> You're damn right, dude. Bucklander. Uh, yeah, give me a minute. Thank God. It, it takes me a second to thank get back God. through this. I'm back Bucklander, to, thank God there's only one. I'm back to 86. <laughs> uh, oh, 72. Let's see. Number 70. The Bachelor Party episode. Holy shit. <laughs> holy shit that's amazing yeah. hold on hold on I have to I have to break the fourth wall here for a second because I have a 10 pound chihuahua puppy who normally joins me and sits on my lap and? for the entire time and she's currently locked in the bedroom with caregiver Katie. And not happy about it? She is so fucking pissed. Well, I can't hear it, so we're good. <laughs> uh, no, but I can, and I can, and I hear her going, rawr, 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 and I'm just like, oh my god. All right. Well, our next no, whatever. story. Back, back, back to the, back to the, back to the comedy. We are. Let's we are. do it. Our, our next story comes from Fox13News.com. Photos of nuns in skirts spark outcry over turning house of worship into a den of thieves in Lakeland. <laughs> this is in Florida. County commissioner, I'm sorry, city commissioners in Lakeland rejected the developer's proposal to turn a former chapel into a bar and event rev- uh, venue. Their rejection may be partially due to the outcry from members of the local faith community who are not thrilled to see photos of bar staff dressed in scantily, as scantily clad nuns. Clearly, you don't know what Halloween is. The developer who owns the now-closed federal bar in downtown through the blue and green painted chapel would be the perfect place for a night. I'm sorry, for a nightlife venue. Promotional photos posted on social media showed bar staff dressed as nuns in short skirts. Churchgoers weren't keen on the idea, saying opening a bar would open the local community to trouble. Sure. Please don't turn that chapel. It's not a chapel anymore. Okay, let me just put that out there, uh, Bible thumpers. You left. You sold the building. It don't belong to you no more. So that means it's not a church no more. Okay? Please don't turn that chapel, that church, into a den of thieves. Guess what her name was? Tell me it was like Beulah or Delilah or some dumb shit like that. Mildred Pagan. It might as it might as well have been Beulah. Mildred was like Mildred is listen, I wasn't even close in the alphabet, but period the period definitely was spot on, man. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. This is what the Mildred told County City Commissioners on Tuesday. This is a house where people came in and prayed to be freed. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> now they want to be freed from their uh, earthly desires. Uh do you do you, do you think that she created a fracas? A fracas, if you will. Uh, a fracas. It's a fracas. Maria uh, Negron, 
I've got to be real careful with that one, of Lakeland warned, <laughs> warned crime and violence would follow such a business. If that's the case, why do we have bars anywhere, you stupid hairless monkey? I don't even go to bars. <laughs> there is going to be violence. There's going to be intoxication. There is going to be a constant call for police to rescue them from somebody who has fought near the car because of their inebriation. <laughs> Are are you serious? Is that is that That's like like you're not making up any of that shit? You're just putting a funny Mildred accent I'm, to I'm it. I'm just giving her a voice. That's all, dude. Dude, your Mildred is spot on too, man. <laughs> I'm just letting you know, man. Continue, man. Let it roll. Let it roll. I'm on the edge of my seat, man. Let's see how this pans out. Developer Stuart Sim agreed that the photos may have been in bad taste, but there were only online for a short time. Regardless, many in the community did not appreciate the attempted cleverness. <laughs> the religious costumes and paraphernalia is profane. It is mocking. It is very offensive to me that I saw it, said Deborah uh, Bublitz of Lakeland. Commissioners gave the thumbs down with a 5-2 to two vote. Turning a chapel into a bar would violate city zoning because there is another church across the street. Here is when we put this in the group chat for like everyone to decide what articles we were going to do. That's the one that pissed me off. That that yeah. comment that comment right there is I went off in chat for a minute. Why in the hell in our society are we still giving this preferential treatment to churches? I'm sorry, some of the most horrible yeah. people I've ever met go to church every Sunday. And just because you go, I I go to church. So what? You're still a cunt. Just because you go there one day a week does not mean that you are the most pious individual. Amish, you are not. Okay. And let me tell you this: there's some asshole Amish in the world too. But, oh my gosh, dude! First off, I watch an Amish TikToker, and I'm I am I'm no longer going to buy Amish furniture. <laughs> I'm just putting it that way. No, I'm not a huge fan of that of that culture anymore. I used to think they were all cute in their hats and their and their stuff like that. Turns out that those dudes are real fucking bruisers, man. Uh, Running like puppy meals and shit like that. But anyhow, let's let's get back to the meat and potatoes of this article, man. I first off, very, very well written. Very well very oh, it's well not read. Done. It's not done. Oh dude, it's not done. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not oh, done. My <laughs> oh man, continue on, dude. Let's go, man. Uh, Raz Attenborough, man. Raz Attenborough. Let's do it. However, the property owner, Gregory uh, Fancelli, said he's not done with the idea. Uh, they said no, but sometimes it takes three no's to get a yes. The new vision includes apartment buildings and a retail shop incorporating the chapel into the design. So he's going he's gonna to do something with that damn building, come hell or high water. I would personally... Uh, if I was going to demolish it, I would burn the motherfucker to the ground and let them watch. That's how I would demolish it if I was going to take it down. I'd burn that motherfucker to the ground. You know, it, for whatever reason, you don't have a congregation anymore, and they left. Just because it was a church at one point does not make it hallowed ground for all eternity. We must put a glass fucking dome around it and preserve it for future generations. Because this here, this church, this this structure is where Mildred went and got on her knees and prayed. Fuck you, Mildred. Dude. <laughs> Man. What? Is the article over? Yeah, the article's over. Okay, so first off, it's just, just something for the suggestion box, because Raz is talking about burning it down. And I'm... Although I am a fan of the idea, it is a little melodramatic and theatrical, and there may be some authorities involved. However... Oh, I say get the permits, but I'd still burn it to the ground. Uh, well, maybe maybe, maybe a different solution. I'm not going to say a better one, because burning it down really would piss off a lot of people. You know, Just, you know we, lived, we lived in a town. A, no, fuck those people. I don't care about those people. We lived in a town... I'm not talking about those people. Outs, I'm just talking about the, the rest outside of the, of the borough limits. Outside of the borough limits. It was nowhere. It was in between two towns. It was in a no man's land. It's not a stretch of road. Someone opened a strip club. I never went to it. I was still in high school. But I remember vividly going, driving by that road and seeing all the people from the trailer park across the street protesting 
that how oh my lord oh lord they're gonna they're gonna corrupt our children the children of the farms no no sir no we cannot allow the children to be corrupted by this house of ill repute this trailer park was the biggest drug den in adams county if you wanted fucking heroin or crack, this is the trailer park you went to. But God forbid we show some fucking boobs. Because that's the other thing in that state. You couldn't even have a bottomless bar. It could only be a topless bar. And even then they had to have pasties. So you couldn't even see a nipple. Yeah, I wouldn't. Go, I, I, that's why we knew so much about strip clubs in West Virginia. Ugh. It was, you know, like seriously, like we, we'd have to be like, like the kids in Footloose to go to the strip club. We have to go across the fucking bridge. <laughs> but either way, either way, either way, either way, back to the thing, though, man, instead of burning the building down, I would just get I would go out there and I would talk to the foreman on whatever crew is doing it. I'd be like, all right, man, are you are you like super uber religious? Chances are, you know, in my hypothetical universe, the guy is going to say no. And the foreman's going to slide. Never mind. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> and, and, yeah. And, and so so what you're going to do is you're going to slide this guy 50 fucking dollars. And all his construction crew who do not go to church every day or every Sunday, that the majority of, they just, they don't. Chances are they're mostly work-release inmates. <laughs> but re, re, nothing wrong with that, by the way. The world, the world still's got a, got a fucking turn and those boys do some hard work, but whatever. I ran a work-release so, facility for years, so yeah, I'll tell yeah, you for sure. So you know, what, what you do is, is you, is you take 666. Or like demonic pictures and play Ozzy Osbourne really loud from your fucking heavy equipment. Just hang signs and put fucking paraphernalia all over it, like Satan candles all over the fucking back of your bobcats. Or like, you know, really like, really, really deck them out. Like almost like parade float those fucking heavy equipment things to look like devil machines. And they're just going bash that fucking church to bits <laughs> and then have the uh have the girls that were dressed in the nun costumes have yeah them hire them on as safety consultants so they can walk around the job site in their nun outfits but as long as they have the hard hats on they're good as long <laughs> as they got the hard hats on or just have them as sexy construction workers i mean you could just do that yeah, too you know what i mean i think i think you could get away I think you could get a, not only do I think you could get away with it, I think that you should do that. I think that should be official. We should put that in the notes for master plan and send it to this dude. Like, I, I think, I, <laughs> I, I think Mildred's, well, well, Mildred's also the kind of person who's protesting at gay bars and shit like that, too. <laughs> either way, man. Yeah. I'm telling you, we should draw this shit out. We, we've got a great plan here. We've got plan A, which is burn it down. It'll be real short. You know, real short. We'll go into plan B, our, our elaborate Home Alone style, you know, display of fucking douchebaggery scheme. We'll write it down on the finest printer paper with, uh, with a Crayola crayon, and we'll, we'll send it off to this guy. And, um... We'll have to, we'll have to see how that pans out. Fuck, I'm, my train of thought derailed. It doesn't take much. All right, our next story no, comes no, no, from no. bestlifeonline.com. <laughs> I'm kind of curious what what all what are kind of stories this this website has because at the top it's news, health, smarter living, entertainment, relationships, travel, style. But the headline reads: Pigeon carrying a miniature backpack filled with drugs was captured in prison yard. <laughs> Entertainment. <laughs> Since ancient times, history has been rife with stories about pigeons being used as covert messengers. Their amazing natural homing ability to, in and one Hollywood example, transporting secrets behind enemy lines during wartime. That's not Hollywood. That happened. <laughs> uh, so it's perhaps unsurprising that last week, Canadian officials reported capturing a pigeon carrying a tiny backpack filled with illicit drugs in a Vancouver prison yard. <laughs> the problem is they have to catch the pigeon <laughs> the bird was caught at the pacific institution in abbotsford about 50 miles west i'm sorry east of vancouver said john randall a spokesman for the union of canadian correctional officers a tiny fabric backpack tied to the pigeon contained crystal meth <laughs> damn go big or go home 
Uh, prison guards spotted the bird and its cargo on December 29th in one of the facility's recreation yards. It was spotted by correctional officers, I believe, and security intelligence officers when the officials were doing their standard patrols around and throughout the unit's institute uh, throughout the unit and institution. That's when they initially spotted the bird with the back package on it. The officers then set up a trap to capture it. In the recent years, officers have been on the lookout for drones that might be carrying, and it, it goes on and on about different kind of problems, people getting stuff in the jail. Uh, but here, here's the thing about training pigeons. Um, usually you have to take them to the two locations. So who the hell was taking this pigeon into the prison to, so it knew where to go? You can't just like give it a map and say, here you go, Flappy, get there. <laughs> That's not how you train a pigeon. Dude, first off, I mean, like, you'd be surprised, man. The pigeon, of all of our avian allies, the pigeon is definitely underappreciated and undervalued. You know, what a smart, what a smart little pecker right there. I mean, like, that's, that's what it boils down to. No, I'm not even, it, dude, that wasn't a button. I was going to make a foul play pun. I was going to make a foul play pun for the button. You know, Hurry the pecker up. thing was just, you know, no, I'm, I'm done. I can't. You were getting ready to push the button. You preempted well, I, I already pushed the button. Yeah, see, look, man, it's it's already done. It's already done. You, Dude. You know, uh, you know we, every, no, everyone, no, just, no, no, no. I'm moving God. on, bitch. Shut up. Of uh, course you so, are. Of course you are, man. <laughs> we, everyone knows it's listened to this podcast for any length of time that we worked in a prison for a while together. I, I distinctly remember people like walking around trying to figure out how to throw things over the fence. Our inmates never went outside. <laughs> there was nobody ever went in that grass ever. <laughs> and and well, I mean that and if they were gonna try and get into the rec yards, they were all enclosed with chain link on the tops. Right. I mean, like, you know, but whatever. The fact of the matter is Bravo Canada. You know, I don't think our staff would have, they would have been like, oh, pigeon with a backpack. Somebody, <laughs> yeah, if somebody, everybody check this out. Isn't it cute? Like, I, I really think, <laughs> oh, it's a little pigeon with a backpack. Oh. You know, I could see, yeah, like, I could, I could see that, that being the reaction, not let's build a trap. You know, go Canada. Go Canada. You know. Canadians are natural but then again, trappers. Yeah, but then again, we worked at like the equivalent of Reno nine one one jail most of the time, so it's like, uh, you know, I wonder who Dangle mm. was. Our next story comes from CBS News. <laughs> Wild video shows angry guests smashing cars through Chinese hotel lobby. <laughs> A disgruntled guest rammed his sports car through a Chinese hotel's doors and drove wildly around its lobby, leaving a trail of destruction after arguing with staff about a missing laptop. Several videos published on social media show a white car smashing through the glass doors of the central Shanghai hotel uh, <laughs> from their hinges, reversing them and bursting into the lobby, knocking over anything in its path. A sign visible in one of the videos shows the, the wild scene unfolded at the uh, Jingling Purple Mountain Hotel in Shanghai. Uh, the, co the car, a convertible with its top up, then hur <laughs> hurtled haphazardly around the entrance hall as bewildered spectators asked each other what was going on, with one exclaiming, He's going nuts! <laughs> In one video snippet, people can be seen trying to get the driver out of the crashed vehicle before the car reverses and speeds through the lobby, sending bystanders scurrying away. Local police said the incident had been taking place in the late morning on Tuesday when the driver was a 28-year-old man named Chen who had gotten into a dispute with hotel staff over the loss of his laptop during his stay there. No one was injured during the incident, they say in a statement posted on the uh, Weibo social media account, adding that Chen had been detained pending further investigation. What's there to investigate there, officer? <laughs> Homeboy dude it. <laughs> police, uh, police told the AFP that the laptop had been stolen and was found outside the hotel. The car crashed into another set of doors before apparently exit, heading for the exit, only to slam into a door frame and come to a stop. 
It's hazard lights flashing. At least he turned his hazards on. <laughs> Onlookers and hotel staff screamed as a driver got out of the car, banging on it and trying to smash through the windows to get the keys. Do you have any idea what you've done? They can be heard shouting. Are you crazy? Are you? <laughs> According to Booking.com, the uh, Jingling Purple Mountain Shanghai is a four-star hotel with a very good review. <laughs> Except this day. Yeah, their their approval rating is going to drastically plummet due to this one. It was a very nice hotel, but the lobby looked like shit. It looked like someone drove through it. <laughs> that is well, a... Dude, I'm looking. This is, this is some... Ooh, they got a nice buffet, too. Damn. I'm telling you, man, that's probably where the fifth star comes from, or the fourth star came from. I'll tell you, they had a, what, the, the Sadar still will talk about this meal. This is this. Uh, it was the Hilton in Guangzhou, I think. I thought she, she might correct me later. That uh, they had a, a restaurant in the lobby. They had a buffet breakfast, and then she'll still say it's the best meal she's ever had. <laughs> um. But it, it, it's a lot of the hotels in Japan, or yeah, Japan, China have um, these big, elaborate restaurants in the lobbies. <laughs> and I can tell you right now, if I was staying there, that dude wrecked my my dining experience. I would have pulled him out of that car one way or another. <laughs> I, I just, I'm trying to like put myself in the shoes of like somebody trying to check in. These are some nice rooms. <laughs> it, what do you what do you think the thread count on the sheets is? Oh, it's pretty high. It looks silk. Uh, but the one thing that that's was, what I'm the one thing that bothered mm -hmm. me about hotels in in Japan or China China, uh, and and it's in this picture too. So it's like any other hotel like you've been into the United States. You know, it's got a room with the beds, and then there's a bathroom. But there's always these giant bay like windows in the bathroom looking into the room. So you're sitting here taking a shit, looking at whoever's laying on the bed. <laughs> You could put a curtain down, but it's just like, why is it even there? <laughs> you know? And you know, um, I'm not even going to try. I'm not. No, just, just move. Let's just go. <laughs> oh, I mean, it, it, there's proportional anger. And I think this guy uh, was, <laughs> was acting a little bit unproportional. <laughs> Maybe. Perhaps. And what was on this laptop? You know, what was on this laptop? Who was on this laptop? You know, what... Wh I wonder if the People's Republic of China issues... Demo or, Democratic or, or, People's or, Republic of China. My bad. The Democratic People's Republic of China. I wonder if they, if they do, like, court-ordered anger management courses. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they've, got, they've got other means of administering justice. <laughs> I believe they call it re-education, <laughs> and there's sponges and, and it, generators and, it, and, it and electricity. A, and it happens at a camp. <laughs> you know what, though? I mean, like, if I were being told as an adult man that I were going to camp instead of jail, I'd be excited for about a hot minute. <laughs> Ooh, and, and camp? Then, camp? Really? And then you remember camp. you read a history book once. <laughs> No, I wouldn't remember the history book. I'd get there, I'd see the gates, I'd be like, whoa, these counselors look legit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that's his thought process. All right, Buck, we are back with the second half of the show, and we're going to go straight to the New York Post. As a woman sues Barr after getting so drunk, she blew up her $10 million home. <laughs> holy fuck she was so bomb so bomb she blew up a house <laughs> a canadian woman was um sorry a canadian woman who caused 10 million dollars in damages after drunk driving uh crashed into a house causing an explosion is now suing the concert venue that provided her with alcoholic beverages as she claimed the owners are to blame you, you don't think you have a little bit to blame okay no 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 accountability there the, nope. the car bomb fiasco occurred on August in August of 2019, while Daniela Lease, 26, was driving home from a Marilyn Manson concert at the Budweiser Gardens Arena in London, Ontario. After drinking at the show and getting behind the wheel, Lease crashed her Ford Fusion, registered to her father, into a brick home at the 
450 uh, Woodman Avenue, rupturing a gas line and triggering a massive explosion that destroyed four homes and injured seven people. Falling, fire, flame, falling embers led to a blaze in several homes nearby, and the entire neighborhood had to be evacuated, with gas and water service shut off in the area. All told, the uh, blast reportedly caused damages in the neighborhood of 9.8 million to 14.7 million. The financial impact of Miss Lee's actions have been enormous, with total damage estimates approaching 15 million dollars. Uh, Judge George Orsini, O R S I N I, told the court. Meanwhile, the victims included two police officers and two firefighters who suffered numerous injuries, with one firefighter forced to spend more than a week in hospital before being discharged. Uh, Lease uh, subsequently pled guilty to four counts of impaired driving and was slapped with a three-year prison sentence. That's it? Fuck. However, the Canuck wasn't about to throw away her shot at ease uh, <laughs> of easing the financial strain. This month, she and her father, Sean Lease, filed a lawsuit against the Ovations Ontario Food Service, the company that distributed the hooch. They actually said hooch. They claim this is that the libation purveyor, they say hooch, and then they refer to him as a libations purveyor. Oh my God, the writers today, uh, shares liability for the blast on the grounds that the staffers ejected Luis from the venue while failing to take steps to ensure she would not drive home. Really? In addition, Lise also uh, alleges that the ovations uh, had served her alcohol while aware that the bargoer was intoxicated, accusing them of profit above safety and the resulting damage was caused or contributed to the negligence breach of duty breach of contract by the bar their representations believe that the booze distributor is responsible for any awards or judgment amounts resulting from the multiple court claims against uh levied against them by the woodman avenue victims this is in the father-daughter duo is required to pay any amount that they are entitled to contribute to uh, indemnity from Ovations. Legal ease there. So, this entitled piece of shit! Oh my god! <laughs> it's not an American problem, folks. It's worldwide because we are, these are Canadians. So, don't blame the oh, Americans. Man. Don't blame just the Americans for being like this. <laughs> my god, man. That's and insane. I just, she destroys, I love... she destroys a block. Hurts people, puts them in the hospital. One, she only gets three goddamn years? I'm sorry, that's ludicrous in my opinion. And the fact that she... We're going to blame the bar. We're going to blame the concert venue because out of the tens of thousands of people, they over, they, she says she was overserved. And I bet damn well she wasn't at that concert by herself. And I guarantee you other people were probably handing her drinks or... Even if she was going up to the different fucking purveyors of libations, I mean, come on. Take okay, some fucking so responsibility in your life. Have you ever been to a concert? Yes. Okay, so tell me, even if the astronomical possibility of you being flagged to be drinking by a vendor at a concert happened, do you think out of the Tens of thousands of people that are there with you. You couldn't look at one and be like, could you just get me another drink? Here's $10. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like... Uh, or, or, how, or... How in the... Because a, the a lot of times, there's more than one place in a place that big serving That's alcohol. That's what I'm saying, so man. Just, oh, oh, this one's going to flag me? I'll just go the 30 feet down to the next one. Come on. Ow. You know, you're right, man. The entitlement there. And I and you know what though? It was her parents' idea. So let's you, like this this girl is not smart enough to be like, oh, let's sue the booze company. That that was parents and the attorney that they hired because they're on the hook for some of that fifteen million dollars in damage. You know, some of that guy popped onto there as restitution. And daddy's probably grabbing at straws going how the fuck am I going to get this paid for? You know, even though it's an adult, like, mm, no, that's grabbing at straws. Suing the booze company, that's that's because you got a financial noose hanging around your neck. Yeah, you just need to that, knock that chair out the way and own it, bitch. Yep. 
Yep, there's there you 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 done fucked up. All right, Buck. We have one from New Zealand here, uh, from stuff.co.nz. That is New Zealand. I'm assuming. I think. I think. Mm. Let's hope. Coke crimes twenty dollar fizzer after targeting full of money vending machine. That's the title. Uh, verbatim. That is the title. So uh, I don't know if it's a translation because I'm pretty sure they speak English in New Zealand, but I, maybe not. A pair they, of... I believe that the national language of New Zealand just happens to be English. So I th I think that that's just I think that's just a jarbled headline. Mm. A pair of coked up crooks planned to get rich by stealing a large and heavy Coca-Cola vending machine turned into a fizzer as they spent hours getting into the machine for $20 in coins. <laughs> I love it. The bizarre crime took place on Monday, September 19th last year when Shane uh, Sorensen, 48, and Bernadette Woods, 29, were at the U-Wash facility <laughs> on, I, I'm, it's, a, it's an, like an aboriginal name, I can't try to pronounce this, uh, road. The pair arrived in their Mazda station wagon outside the U-Wash, was the, was the vending machine described in the police summary of facts as large and heavy. It's a soda machine. I don't think you need to describe it as large and heavy. It's a soda machine. Backing up, the defendants tipped the Coca-Cola vending machine over onto its side and attempted to manhandle it into the back of the station wagon. <laughs> Unsuccessful in their endeavor, the defendant uh, Woods moved the, uh, the vehicle and defendant Sorensen tied a rope around the machine and fastened it to an anchor point in the vehicle. Once completed, the defendants drove off, towing the Coca-Cola machine behind them. They eventually made their way to a vacant property. But like, like a drink can be uh, with the pull tab snapped off, the red and white vending machine uh, vault wasn't giving up its contents so easily. They spent several hours opening the vending machine to extract money and drinks. Woods told police that they stole the machine because they thought it was full of money. She added they only got about $20 in coins, <laughs> 10 and 20 cent pieces. The, mm. the, the summary noted that the machine and its contents were valued at approximately $1,100 and that the sum has been sought from the pair in reparation. Both Sorensen and Woods have appeared before the court before and will be sentenced from one charge of theft each from the district court in February. Theft of over 1,000 has a maximum sentence of seven years imprisonment. So here we go. Here's an inequity and justice. We got a drunk girl in Canada who blasts through a house <laughs> drunk, destroys seven homes, puts seven people in the hospital, one for over a week. And then we got this these, these pair that steal a vending machine getting seven years with a girl in Canada getting three. Yeah. I'm sorry. I am. I'm, yeah. Why, why? I'm not sorry. Why, no. Why as a society? And I say this because yes, it was Canada, but the United States where we live is the same deal. Why do we, Oh, it, it could have happened to anybody that, you know, everyone's drunk driving. I've never drunk drive. Have you? Not in this country. No. Yeah, I've never, I've <laughs> never been under any form of intoxication where I have then driven a vehicle. Never. I have no sympathy, whatever, for DUI drivers. None. You, you should. The, the penalties should be a lot higher than they are. And being never allowed to drive again should be on the table. Yeah, I got pulled over in uh, in Cancun with a uh, forty in my lap that was open and about halfway drank. And, uh, I gave the police officer that pulled me over 20 American dollars because they love Andrew Jackson's face. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know if that, I don't know if that's $20 is just what he was willing to take. I gave him $20 and, uh, and two of two, two of the beers that were in, were in my shopping bag. That, that was, that was, that was my penalty for drinking and driving down there. And then you continue to drive down the road. Yeah, and probably went through about two more of those 40s before I got to my front door an hour later. Are you, at are at you, 19, you, at, 19 you, uh, at 20 years old. Would you advocate for this type of behavior? Not in this country. Or any country? When in Rome, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
No, of course not, man. Don't drink and drive. That's fucking stupid. I'm not sitting here, like, championing the fact that I didn't get hurt. I'm lucky. Because when you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. I was just, I was 20 years old and thought I was cock of the fucking walk down there. You know? And, uh, and you know, I got away with a bunch of dumb shit. And drinking and driving was one of them. And, uh, and you know, yeah, it's funny to look back on. But it's not something I'm super proud of. And I certainly never drove through, I never once drove through a house accidentally. On purpose, baby, but not accidentally. <laughs> that has happened. That has happened. But, but no, I digress, man. Drinking and driving, very, very bad. You know, very, very, very bad. Do not do that. And as far as stealing Coca-Cola vending machines, I mean... How many sodas do they think these things hold? <laughs> well, it's not even sodas. They were they were in it for the cash. Thank God sodas were there, man. At least at well, least no, they were well is, hydrated. Like, how many sodas do you think were that they... thing? You know, this is, let's just say a dollar a piece, okay? It's probably probably high, but let's just say a dollar. If it holds two hundred sodas, I think you're lucky. But if it's, let's say it holds two hundred, actually, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna Google this. How many? I'm going to go with cans, because there's probably more. Cans of soda does a vending machine hold. Let's see here. About 12 cases, uh, so roughly 300. It can hold about 300 cans of soda. So let's just say you're selling those for a dollar, which is extortion, in my opinion. $300. You're going to commit this type of felony for $300? And obviously, there's businesses around that have cameras, you dumbass. I don't know, man. I was actually thinking about that. I was like, where geographically are you? Or what time of day did this happen to where you thought that, like, not even thought. I mean, like, obviously, you thought it was a good idea. But where could it have been a good idea to drag the soda machine away attached to the back of your car? Like that, my friend, would have created quite a fracas. That's the you word. Know, and that... today's, today's word is fracas. Can you spell fracas? <laughs> F-R-A-K-A-S. Fracas. I don't think there's a K but in no. fracas. Look it up. Oh, my God. This has been the Google Hour. Owl. You know what, man? The thing is, if you're going to call me on it, man, I've, I've, been, I've been lucky. Well, not today. F R A C A S. A a noisy a noisy disturbance or quarrel. <laughs> well, you know what? I mean that's that's why that's why I don't run for office, man. You know, you say mm. you but but seriously, tying it onto the back of your car and dragging it away, like wouldn't that have wouldn't that have um Alerted someone. Alerted the suspicions of Mildred. <laughs> well, anyone. Well, her name was Bernadette. All oh, right. So uh, there, there could have been, there could have been a Mildred involved in this, in this shit show somewhere. But twenty dollars in coins. Like, if only I could have been a fly on the wall, man. I would have been like, all right, all right, all right. They're getting it. They're getting it. They're getting it. And the takeaway is twenty ching dollars. But that's quite a hefty lot of 10 and 20 cent piece coins or whatever. I will say mm -hmm. this. If you ever um, need to give a safe in your house and you can't afford a safe, find yourself an old vending machine. Because they, they are just as heavy and they actually have more locks to get through to get into the bloody thing. Now, granted, the keys aren't the most hard, difficult things to obtain in the world. But unless someone you know, thought to themselves self, because that's what they call themselves... Uh, I'm going to break into this guy's house with a vending machine key. They're not going to get it. And they're <laughs> so it's a lot cheaper than a safe and it's it's about as secure. So just throwing that out there for anybody who's trying to be frugal. Um you could also Well, and keep, you can keep your sodas cold. You, yeah, I was going to say you could have a frosty cool beverage while you Scrooge McDuck in your vending machine. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I've I've actually thought about going into the vending machine business. I thought that that I'm, I, I, I mean, I'm thinking laundry mats. I'm thinking uh, claw machines. You know, uh, just things I've thought of. Yeah. You know? 
Well, I mean... I will become yeah, the I quarter can... king. You'll be the coin-op czar. Yes, I will. You better believe it. <laughs> okay, we're going to move on to WSBTV.com. Mom of rapper charged in YSL case arrested trying to sneak rolling papers into the courtroom. I don't, I don't, well, let's, let's read it before I get a comment. This happened in Fulton County, Georgia. The mother of a rapper charged in the sweeping YSL gang indictment was arrested Tuesday after deputies said she attempted to sneak rolling papers and tobacco products. There was, there's the kicker into the Fulton County courtroom where her son is currently standing trial. Jail records show that Lakeisha Kendrick, 51, was booked into the Fulton County Jail on one count of criminal attempt to commit a misdemeanor. Uh, Lakeisha Kendrick is the mother of DeMont Kendrick, a rapper who performs under the name Yak Gotti. Okay. Uh, DeMont Kendrick is one of 14 defendants, including hip-hop star Young Thug, standing trial in the Fulton County. Uh, Kendrick is charged with multiple crimes, including the 2015 murder of Devon Nutt Thomas Jr. <laughs> uh, court records obtained by Channel 2's Michael uh, Seaton showed that the trouble began Tuesday after Lakeisha Kendrick stopped by the Fulton County Courthouse where she dropped off a bag of clothing for her son who was in court for jury selection. After giving the bag to his client, Kendrick's attorney, Douglas Weinstein, told a deputy that he received a text from Naisha Cox, the mother of Kendrick's child. Weinstein told the deputy he received a text from D. Kendrick's baby mama, Nay, stating that she had placed a sealed envelope inside of the bag. When deputies searched the bag, they found the envelope containing tobacco, wrapping papers, and tobacco products. After discovering the contraband, deputies moved to the eighth floor of the courthouse where they confronted Letitia Kendrick. When questioned by investigators, she denied having any knowledge of the envelope, claiming that Cox had given her the bag to give to the attorney. Deputies arrested Kendrick. <laughs> Authorities have also issued an arrest warrant for Cox, but she has not yet been arrested. The Fulton County District Attorney's Office said it worked for more than a year in collaboration with other agencies to put the indictment together. Prosecutors say Young Thug is the leader of the Young Slime Life Gang, which formed in Atlanta in 2012. Of all the things you're going to get busted for, Tobacco and rolling papers, really? Man. They're not worth that much in jail. I'm sorry. <laughs> we got a lot we got a lot of brilliant, brilliant ne'er do wells today on the show, man. He, he would have done We've better got... if you had taken the money for the tobacco and the rolling papers and put it on his books so we could get some ramen noodles. Seriously, he would have done better, because that's better currency. <laughs> and it's not gonna get fucking picked up in a in a search. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Now that you're in jail, I hear that there's a couple of couple in New Zealand who recently fell upon a king's ransom of twenty dollars and a vending machine heist that may be willing to offer you some assistance. But perhaps. <laughs> well, no, man. I mean, twenty dollars, not twenty dollars. We're, we're off of that one. Rolling papers and tobacco. Like, Here's I the really thing. thought that the, for, for like I a... thought the rolling papers were going to be something good. Buck, like for something good. Here's the thing, dude. Like if um if we're talking about tobacco and and rolling papers, you know, an envelope can't hold all that much. And if if you're watching on the video version of the podcast, I have a bag here in front of me of pipe tobacco. I don't use it very often, but I have been known to. Uh, this is oh, it smells like hazelnut. Yeah, it's delicious. This is two ounces. Okay, there's no way in hell this would fit in an envelope. So maybe an ounce of tobacco. You know how much an ounce of tobacco costs? <laughs> like six bucks. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and rolling papers, I don't know. Uh, how much do rolling papers cost? They can't be that much. Well, I mean, like, I don't, I have not, my fine motor skills went to shit. But the last time I bought rolling papers, they were like a buck and a quarter. So, so uh, maybe like $3 now. Let's just say 10 bucks total. They had it in this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Now, here's the deal, though. Here's the deal. Depending depending on the security level of their prison, tobacco might actually go for quite a fare there. It's possible. Uh, for... I'm not going to say it's not possible, but is it worth, you know, is it worth the, 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 the possible repercussions of getting caught? 
And but the, well, thing, the thing about it is, though, just from listening to the case alone, um, I don't know if they're going to get a conviction on them. Probably not, because they're both and saying, you know what? "Oh no, she put it in there." Oh no, I didn't know anything about it. But well, they'll probably get it on the uh, the, the the girlfriend because the baby mama, as they put it, because she did have the text message to the attorney saying that it's in there. So I think the mom will get off. I think the the, the baby mama is going to be the one who gets caught. All I know, man, is that at we'll say we'll say ten bucks. How much tobacco? How much tobacco was it? An ounce? It just said an envelope. Oh, an envelope. So we'll we'll just go with with an ounce, okay? Let's we'll say an ounce of tobacco. That's twenty eight grams. We'll say one gram of tobacco per cigarette. And I'm doing napkin math. I don't know if these numbers are accurate, but I'm just monkey mathing it here. So we'll say one gram per cigarette. You get twenty eight cigarettes out of a out of a out of an ounce, which is. You know, we'll say ten dollars a cigarette at twenty. Yeah, I mean, like we're talking, we're talking a little bit of money there. You know, if you can get it in there, you spend ten bucks, you can make almost three hundred. I mean, I could see that being quite a racket. But but here, still, but here's the thing: I mean, if you're going to go through all why the not, process, why not just go for weed, man? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. There, there's there, like the risk to reward. On this on this particular heist is just it's just so low so, and so petty. So I got a message from uh, from Sadar yesterday telling me, "Hey, there is a seafood food truck in town," and I'm like, "And I nope. see, no, I was, you, you wait." So I, I I had seen these guys advertising on on the Book of Faces before, and I was like, "I'm going to look them up." Boom, and it says, "Okay, they're up on this street, parked at a dispensary." And I was like, "Oh." This is joyous. So I packed the kids up <laughs> and I went to the, the to the uh, the seafood food truck at the dispensary and they had like a, they had like a little uh, cross promotion thing going on. So it was we're sitting there ordering our our crab legs. It was like Creole food, dude. It was awesome. I'm going to tell you right now, the food was great. Um, I, I had snow crab legs for the first time like in a long time living here in the Midwest. And uh, my boy, one of my boys had shrimp. Uh, we had p- potatoes. We had corn on the cob. They even had a hard-boiled egg in there. I gave that to the boy, though. I mean, it was, it was, it was good food. I mean, it really was. Uh, but as we're standing there ordering, the menu next to it is a menu for the dispensary that's literally 30 feet behind me. And they were putting on there uh, whatever brands, I, I guess strains they had. One of them was $100 an ounce. And I'm like, Damn, is that expensive? I don't know. <laughs> but at the same no. time, I'm, I'm thinking to myself now, it's like hundred dollars, and if and I don't, I have no idea how many joints you could make out of that. But I, I have to imagine it's a lot. And as I'm looking, I'm like hundred dollars. Man, that dude could probably have made five grand off of that. If he's lucky, he's making a hundred dollars off the tobacco. <laughs> So risk reward, yeah. folks. Risk reward. <laughs> I mean, like, and then sneaking it in through the courthouse and using your attorney. Yeah, that I mean, was like, dumb. That was dumb. Trying to yeah, use the attorney. We, I happen to, like, I've received it on good authority that pigeons with little cute backpacks <laughs> might be the better alternative. <laughs> <laughs> May, like. Do a little sweat equity on this one. Stop outsourcing to get people to like perform some Ocean's Eleven style heist to get you tobacco, and just have somebody train a fucking bird. You know, I mean, there. You know, vending machine flipping. That's not a, that's not a lucrative scheme. Tobacco definitely not the drug of choice to be smuggling in there, but pigeon. I'm still finding an argument as to why that's not an uh, why that's not a good good mule, and I think that this guy could have uh, could have really benefited from uh, from from this particular bit of advice. I really just do. True enough. So, no. Yeah. All right, Buck. Our last story. I'm not. I found a video on Twitter, and after I found the video, I had to look the story up. 
because I'm going to play the audio from that video for, for our listeners. And that's the primary goal of what we're going for here. But just to give you a little backstory, do you, who, do you, do you know uh, the Brian Walsh case that's going on? This is, this is in Massachusetts. I think you're muted right now. No. So here's no, the, I, I do not. Here's the headline from CNN.com. Prosecutors detail extensive evidence in murder case against Brian Walsh, accused of killing his wife, Ann Walsh. Here's what we know. A Massachusetts prosecutor built their case against Brian Walsh. They have laid out a considerable evidence alleging that the husband murdered his wife on New Year's Day and gruesomely disposed of her body. Brian Walsh, 47, appeared in court on Wednesday to be arraigned on charges of murder and illegally disinterring or moving a body. Walsh has been in jail since January 8th when he was arrested on charges of misleading investigators searching for his wife, 39-year-old Ann Walsh. He has pled not guilty to all three charges. Prosecutors allege that in Quincy Court, a district court on Wednesday, that Brian Walsh killed his wife, with whom he shares three children, because he wanted to end their marriage. That's a pretty definitive way to do it. Their criminal complaint against him says that he assaulted and beat Ann Walsh to death. Rather than divorce, it is believed that Brian Walsh dismembered Ann Walsh and discarded her body. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Bell, the prosecutor presented an array of evidence that led to charges against the husband, including discoveries of Ann Walsh's blood and personal items in a local garage, phone data showing Brian Walsh's movements, and his alleged Google searches related to dismembering and disposing of the body. That's where we're getting mm. to. So, Buck, I, I sent you a video. I'm going to go ahead and play it since you won't be able to hear it. You might want to listen to it on your end alone. But I'm going to play this for the, uh, our, our, our listeners here on the Social Liability Podcast. At 4.55 a.m. on January 1st, he searched how long before a body starts to smell. At 4.58 a.m., how to stop a body from decomposing. At 5.20 a.m., he searched how to embalm a body. At 5.47 a.m., 10 ways to dispose, dispose of a dead body if you really need to. At 6.25 a.m. on the 1st, how long for someone to be missing to inherit. At 6.34 a.m. on the 1st, can we throw away body parts? At 9.29 a.m., what does formaldehyde do? At 9.34 a.m. on the 1st, how long does DNA last? At 9.59 a.m., can identification be made on partial remains? At 11.34 a.m., dismemberment and the best ways to dispose of a body. At 11.44, how to clean blood from wooden floor? At 11.56 on the 1st, luminol to detect blood. At 1.08, what happens when you put body parts in ammonia? At 1.21 p.m., is it better to throw crime scene clothes away or wash them? So uh, in the span of uh, like f- 4 in the morning until the the afternoon uh he he's googling things like how long does it t- for a body starts to smell how does what does formaldehyde do how long does dna last can identification be made on partial remains dismemberment and the best ways to dispose of a body how to clean blood from a wooden floor what happens when body parts in ammonia is it better to put crime scene clothes away or wash them uh hacksaw best tool to dismember can can you be charged with murder without a body I mean, God damn, dude. You've... Uh, how long does a person have to be missing before you can inherit? Right. That... I mean, homie, you know... you're done. <laughs> now, what I want to know is, did they have to get like a crack forensic team to get at this information, or did they just have to like unlock his Google search history? I guarantee you, they just and... went. If he, if this idiot is doing this on his home computer, they just went to his history and looked. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Like this dude, he might have bookmarked some of these for that matter. Yeah. Oh. I mean, like, come, come on, bro. I mean, we're laughing about like... a horrific crime, but reality is, we're laughing about how no. stupid a criminal can be. Yes. I'm not laughing at the crime. I'm laughing at the criminal. Because you know what? Thank God he got caught. He's going to get he's going to get his come up and you know, he's he he will he will not escape the long arm of the law. But that does not exclude him from social fucking like wow, man. Wow. What does from Maldra like 
I got to give the guy credit. You did your due diligence, but maybe, maybe, maybe these are all things that you should have researched prior to. And maybe at like a public library. At your local you library. Know? You know, <laughs> like people, people drastically underestimate the importance of, of that particular building. It's like, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to be in public. Well, blah, blah, blah. it's like, well, and and here's you know, the thing: if you if you ever are curious about somebody protecting your privacy, libraries are the place to go. Librarians mm -hmm. are some of the most privacy-minded people in the world, and I, I get go into details as to why, but I'm not going to. But I, I do teach a class um, on First Amendment auditors and how they interact with uh, different institutions, such as libraries or post offices and such as uh, like that. Uh, and I cover libraries pretty extensively. And it, the libraries are the most privacy-minded people in the world, sometimes to a fault, really. Uh, but no, this guy, nah, I'm just going to go in on the computer and do it <laughs> do this in the kitchen real yep. quick. He's probably right next to her fucking corpse as he's doing it. Right. I mean, like, he's like, oh, man, this girl's going to start to stink here in a minute. I better... How long till she starts I, to stink? <sighs> yeah, let's consult the Oracle. Nah. Good old Google. All right, folks, we're going to leave you on that downward note. <laughs> I'd just like to remind everybody that the Social Liability Podcast comes out each and every week. We have done so now for 161 weeks. It is available on just about any podcasting platform out there. Uh, the only thing we ever ask, though, because we don't charge anything for the podcast, is that you pay one and one thing only, and that is attention. Tell a friend, maybe subscribe, hit the like button, if depending on where you're seeing it. And we would greatly appreciate it because those kind of little things help us out. Uh, it helps get the podcast out there, sees our numbers go up, and it makes us smile because we don't make a dime off this thing. <laughs> we do it for sanity purposes and sanity purposes only. Uh, that all mm -hmm. being said, folks, I am the Raz. He is the Buck wishing you all a happy and safe week, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Social Liability Podcast.